0: Football on off the ball.
1: With Sky, all the football you love in one place. Across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports.
0: We will turn our attention to events at Education City Stadium. Education City Stadium. Located within uh, several university campuses, if you're interested in the name. And after the World Cup, this 40,000-stadium will become a 25,000-seater stadium and will be used by the university teams is the plan. But Gavin Cooney of the 42, I digress. Spain are out of the World Cup. Morocco are through. Hello.
1: i was telling hey you, Joe, it's absolutely extraordinary. Just the intensity of the atmosphere was just astonishing. I mean, Morocco fans, they're effectively the home team now. The last African side left, the last Arab side left. And the intensity of the atmosphere in that stadium was unlike anything I've ever really heard before. And this is partly because... Um, the Irish overflow areas, it's become known. Uh, we don't really get desks uh, among the press at, 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 these, at these matches. So we're in uh, we're in the seats and um, was among Moroccan fans for this, which in fairness, was quite a difficult place to write a report, but was absolutely fantastic from an atmosphere point of view. Um, and Morocco probably deserved it. It was a real clash of styles, this game. I mean, Spain had more than a thousand passes, but painfully little cutting edge. Morocco's commitment and defensive organization was really, you know, you often hear it sometimes, I remember Eamon Dunphy used to say on TV, the defending can be an art. This actually was kind of an art when you realize just how well drilled they were and the amount of concentration it takes for two hours. Uh, and in the end, Spain's toothlessness became an almost parody of itself because they couldn't even score a penalty, beating
0: 3-0 uh, on spot kicks in the end. Well, this can become a thing with Spain. I mean, they can, for all their patience, it can suddenly, after a period of time, lack dynamism, lack a spark Mm. of creativity or a physicality even, and the patience becomes running out of ideas. I did not see much of this game. I was recording various pieces, but even just a five, ten-minute watch uh, showed one thing that was very much in evidence. This Moroccan side, super intense, super fit. They were going after Spain as well as being very organised in their compact shape at times. They were winning tackles and winning balls. And uh, this doesn't look like it was a case of Spain missing 10, 15 chances kind of a job.
1: I think Spain's first shot on target came around the hour, Mark. I mean... Is it a a story of Spanish profligacy? I don't think it really is, Joe, because Morocco didn't allow them many chances to miss. They had a couple of chances. Uh, Pablo Sarabia hit the post with pretty much the last kick of the game and deep in extra time. But it just comes down to the fact that Morocco were so well organised. It wasn't... They weren't sitting at the edge of their box, you know, defending desperately. They were pushed up a little bit further. I think coaches would call it a mid-block, but it's just how compact they were. There was about 15 metres between the defence and the forward line. So obviously Spain what do Spain want to do? They want to get Pedri and Gavi into those little pockets of space between the lines and there they can uh, create passing triangles and then they can just sigh their way through you. Morocco did not allow that. It happened once an extra time where one of the midfielders switched off and allowed Sergio Busquets to get into that ro- uh, get into that position and Busquets just popped the ball out wide right. They got a cross in and the substitute left-back Alejandro Balde had a shot blocked away and I looked down at the Moroccan manager on the touchline and he went absolutely bananas, um, just hurled his volley of abuse at his players. Uh, and it seemed to concentrate minds again because they weren't caught out again. It was just, they were stunningly well-organized, I have to say. Uh, sorry, I'm just, there's all kinds of noise around me because Portugal have just gone 3-0 up. Uh, I'm just trying to see who scores. Uh, definitely not Cristiano Ronaldo anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, they were, they were just, they were so well-organized. But um, on the flip side of that then, Joe, you didn't see it. But uh, if you thought that Spain went out of a tournament in the way that Spain go out to tournaments, you'd be absolutely right. You know, they played over a thousand passes in this game and just couldn't create. They, They desperately lacked variation in their attack. So I went to a briefing given by Arsene Wenger a couple of days ago, a, a technical briefing on the tactical trends uh, from the group stages. And one of the things that they noticed was, you know, the goals per game in the group stage was pretty much the same from the previous World Cup. But it's the type of goals that have been scored have massively changed uh, because teams are just kind of sitting in and gumming up the center, which means the World Cup will be won, according to Arsene Wenger, down the wings. He, uh, he said that the team with the best wingers will win the World Cup. And he cited this stat, which I found really interesting, is that goals from open play crosses are up by 86 percent in this world cup compared to the previous one and uh, so he was uh you know talking about the best wingers and then that obviously means you need a good central striker england have it in harry kane uh, brazil have it in richarlson uh france obviously have it in olivier giroux and spain just don't have it you know alvaro morata came off the bench after an hour but was really poor, you know, looked, you know, looks like the kind of clammy, ashen-faced Marat that we've all come to know and, and not exactly love. So it's just, you know, it's was, it was kind of classically Spain It just lacked a thousand passes with no real penetration. Luis Enrique said something very strange after the game in which he said that it was uh, it was an example of a way to lose a game, uh, which just goes to show that maybe there's a little for as much as for as admirable a person as Enrique
0: is, there's maybe just a little bit too much dogma there. Yeah, and how they're approaching games. Yeah, very interesting. Uh, Ramos, by the way, scored the third for Portugal, his second in the game, as Cristiano Ronaldo has to uh, do his very best to look on enthusiastically as he watches the future unfurl before everybody's eyes. So, Portugal, Trina, up. they'll play Morocco. I mean, the other thing about Morocco, Gav, is that looking at their results, They are not conceding goals. Croatia could not break them down. Canada, of all teams, managed to get a goal, but that was an own goal. Belgium could not break them down. And now today, Spain could not break them down. So they topped their group. They're obviously a very, very decent side. And uh, that's uh, no guarantee for Portugal, to say the least. All that said, I would think England and France not too upset with today thus far. No,
1: I don't think so. I, I, Well, then again, like Morocco are an absolute nightmare to play against. Mm. Not only do they, do they not give up any goals, they hardly give up any chances. I think they conceded five shots on target in the whole of the group stage across three games. And I think Spain had three tonight. I need to double check that stat, but they didn't have any until the hour mark. They're just superbly well organized. It actually it reminded me a bit, if you remember, Jose Mourinho's last great triumph in his mind was probably the 2010 Inter Milan team yep. he had that knocked out Pep's Barcelona. And he talked about not parking the bus, but parking an airplane, because he also denied space down the wings. And that's kind of what Morocco did today. Like, I mean, you have Hakim Ziyech, who, you know, is no one's idea of a workhorse. He was so well-disciplined, doubling up um, with Hakimi any anytime Spain tried to tack down that flank. Sofiane Bouffal, once of Southampton, was the same down that flank. They're so difficult to play through. They're so difficult. Um, uh, to create any chances against. And they have very good one on one defenders when they're called into action. You know, Mazraoui at left back made a couple of very crucial interventions uh, when he was up against the substitute Nico Williams, who was quite bright for Spain. Uh, Roman Saiz, who you might remember from, from Wolves. Mm. It's just brilliant tonight just brilliant you know and like went down with Cramp an extra time and you're thinking it's almost like a bit redolent of Jamie Carragher in Istanbul like writhing around with Cramp picks himself up and then is at full stretch to make this goal saving block later on an extra time I mean they're just they're an excellent team did, did, they
0: have a little bit of a sorry go ahead I was just going to say sorry t- totally my fault to interrupt there it, he went down with Cramp when he played the volley across the pitch did he? Yeah, yeah. Oh he got he back was, up because I see again got, I was glancing yeah. and I saw it was one of the great slow motion somebody's hamstring going but I mean it looked yeah. like somebody playing over 40's Astro because all he was doing was just passing the ball and I thought oh well he's done for but it was just cramp. Yeah. good
1: for him Oh <laughs> yeah and no, it was just cramp now he did he went down for a while the game did stop and he was taken off for treatment but he did come back on there was a bit of a there was a couple of minutes where Spain were playing against 10, man, 10 men because Roman Sais uh, wasn't uh, yeah. sorry Portugal was just Kind of four nil up. They're basically going to have to send Ronaldo home. Wow. I mean, this is incredible uh, validation of the decision to uh, to drop Ronaldo, which is quite wow. distracting. Out of the corner of my eye, I'm, I'm looking at Ronaldo uh, apl- applaud gameplay here. <laughs> it's just like this is this is like ten times. If we had Rajkam in Ireland, this is like an international version this, of it. What well, this, uh, this is almost incredible.
0: Overtaken. This is almost overtaken. The Moroccan situation is almost as a story mm. of the evening because this is the end of Ronaldo starting for Portugal
1: yeah it's, I think there was a stat I think he's come off the bench three times in more than 190 appearances for Portugal two of them against were against Andorra uh, maybe he'll get a bit of a run out today but Portugal look absolutely sensational that is a great goal that they've just scored I'm trying to see who will the finishing touch oh my god lovely little backing as well in the, in the build up bloody hell yeah uh, Yeah, wow. I mean, (laughs) Morocco. well, I hope the good people of Morocco enjoy their time
0: in the headlines. They had a good hour and a half there to enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, Fernando Santos, I would have thought, was fairly aligned with Cristiano Ronaldo. So, I mean, it'd be very interesting in the coming days to get the story of what's happened here behind the scenes. There was that story of the the, the poll in Portugal. uh, Do you want Ronaldo to start or not? And a huge number of Portuguese fans said no. So, Uh, they're obviously uh, having the same dilemma that Manchester United fans were having over much of the last 18 months. Yeah, and now Portugal have just proven
1: that the team is better without him, which makes sense, you know. I mean, like, the guy apparently is going to end up playing his football in Saudi Arabia in a couple of weeks' time. (laughs) You know, so it's like, this shouldn't be a surprise to many of us, a guy at his advanced age, that Portugal, and they're not stuck for options outside of him, like Benfica's Gonzalo Ramos has has replaced him tonight, scored twice and has looked absolutely brilliant. Mm. And, you know, taking Ronaldo out of that team just gives, you know, like, I mean, because every, every attack has to go through Ronaldo. So it makes Portugal so much more unpredictable. And it makes them a complete, I have to say, it makes them a completely different case at this tournament now, uh, as they, I think, have just conceded a goal. Okay, maybe <laughs> they need to sharpen up on defending set pieces, because that's uh, that's the route from which uh, Switzerland have just scored. Um, but
0: it makes them, yeah, it makes them a different proposition now for... Uh, for Morocco in the the quarterfinals. Well, there has been this dynamic at this World Cup of ageing superstars dictating a style of play, be it, well, in Messi's case, I guess you could say it's working thus far, though. I really do think Argentina are uh, not going to go much further. But in the case of Poland, with Lewandowski, in the case of Ronaldo and uh, Portugal, several other examples I'm not thinking of right now, but quite a few teams aren't able to press and be as dynamic as their coaches might otherwise want them to be. So it's interesting Santos decided to pull the plug. Oh, um, so interesting. Because yeah. you know,
1: uh, call me a cynic, Joe, I kind of thought that one of the reasons that Santos was still on that job, because he's very unpopular in Portugal, Yeah, I thought one of the reasons he still had that job was because he refused to drop Ronaldo. And now that he's done it and used as Again, maybe I'm too cynical, but using this Trojan horse, using as a Trojan horse, his reaction to coming off against South Korea, hmm. um, what a move. And like, you know, that's a that's a big, big call that he's made and not an easy one. And um, but yeah, vindicated thus far. The Koy gig Pod on OTB Sports.
0: They're incredible. I mean, I'm just not usually in awe of teams that much, but I just can't help being awe of Barcelona Feminine. Like they're just incredible.
1: Subscribe to the feed
0: in the OTB Sports app now. I think um, as a last thought, the very interesting situation now is unlike at Manchester United, can Ronaldo at his last World Cup for the sake of his country somehow find the humility or the pragmatism to accept the role of super sub and to be a positive mm. president and to accept his fate and still make a big contribution? Or or will this blow up into one of the great, uh, awful weeks in Portuguese uh, footballing history as as the SH1T hits the fan over the coming days?
1: Well, I'm sure he's pragmatic enough, Joe, to currently look at the scoreboards in the Lucille Stadium and realise that, hang on, I I need to play ball here you know this was the you know, this was the gamble from from Fernando Santos. If this goes wrong, yeah. you know he's he's got an obvious, uh, you know, th- that's a very obvious and a very large stick with which he will be beaten. You, you say um, that, and um, yet this
0: is the man who stormed down the tunnel against Spurs when United won three nil, one of their best performances in months, and he released a statement saying, "I know things are tough right now, everyone, but they're going to be okay again soon." And uh, completely yeah. misread that room. So uh, look, who knows? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, and I suppose he was out. Yeah,
1: he was out of the he was out of the club shortly afterward. Um, I don't know. I'd be amazed. I mean, he, he should realise that you know he can, you know he can sp- like Portugal look a better team without him start in the starting lineup. That doesn't mean you know that he that he can't play a role off the bench with yeah. five minutes to go. I mean, the way Morocco are going to defend, they're going to gum up the centre. I mm. mean, like they Portugal will have to go down the wings, and he's still in all fairness to him, he, almost none of his game is left at this point. But Ronaldo is still lethal in the air in the six yard box, mm. um, and that's the kind of game in which he
0: might make hay in the closing stages. Uh, just to work as I haven't really talked to you, at the World Cup at large before you go, I certainly get the sense that given the number of games per day and the fact that journalists can cover lots of games, that there is a real degree of going from media centre to stadium to hotel and the cycle is repeated. And so getting out and about and getting a feel for the country uh, hasn't been as much a, a feature as maybe journalists had hoped. What's, what, what's been your um your feeling on the ground out there?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, look, that's a decision that every journalist makes and every organi- the, the journalist organization makes to to do that, to, you know, to make um, to make use of the fact that you can attend two matches a day or have been able to up until the knockout stages. So that's what I've done. I mean, that's the personal decision I've made. Um, and look, I'd be wrong to say I, I would be lying if I said otherwise that I haven't really enjoyed it. Um, the opportunity to see that level of football, those kinds of storylines it's just been an amazing experience, uh, but as regards, I mean, my frustration is that I've seen a couple of people, uh, Mark Pugach of ITV, most notably, who are doing a similar, who have a similar experience, claim to say that you know this is actually a good place to host the World Cup, the Qatar, you know, um, that, that like these one city World Cups can work, and just the idea that someone would then turn to a uh, turn to a journalist who are, who has done a similar setup to me and ask well what's your impression of the real Qatar? we have we don't get it because you know we're living a very arranged and uh let's be honest privileged lifestyle out here by just you know going to all these football matches that's not to say i mean the journalist shouldn't have come i mean I, you know i i did a clip it was a clip i said kind of something similar on, on the 42 podcast yesterday um and the clip went when. Around and got more pickup than I, than I'd experienced before. So a lot of people were getting in touch to say, "Well, journalists should have boycotted, and journalists shouldn't go." That's not the case either. I mean, there's been absolutely there's been been some absolutely brilliant journalism done by I can only read the journalism done in the English language, but by those who've got off that treadmill and treadmill and gone and found stories elsewhere. There's been some, you know, superb work done by, uh, you know, Terry Panther of the New York Times and Adam Craft from The Athletic and, and loads more. I kind of feel bad leaving people out. So that doesn't, what I'm saying there doesn't, I in my opinion, invalidate Uh, journalists coming out here, Uh, but at the same time, uh, those of us who have just done matches shouldn't be conceited in saying that we've experienced anything of Qatar. We've experienced um, a very, a burnished treadmill uh, that that FIFA have set up for us. Um, That look I've really enjoyed, and I know uh, people at home listening will be saying, why are you supporting it by going? I I, I would respect their points of view uh,
0: in that specific specific example. And that burnished treadmill could be as easily set up in Timbuktu or Mars. So I I think it's right to at least say, well, I haven't really seen much of Qatar to report back in any um, Mm. real way. Uh, I did speak to one journalist who was, I suppose, trying on one day to to maybe get a bit away from the football and, and try to speak to migrant workers who wouldn't go on the record and didn't want to speak for fear of uh, retribution of any kind and they have uh, realities and passports to mind and, and various things to look after. So it was actually quite hard to, to get migrant workers on the record and their experience. So that was one journalist's um, interaction, for instance. Yeah, I, I mean, ju- maybe, with you, maybe with some gap days now, I guess, I don't know, do you try and get out? Like, is it the kind of place where you can just, like, wander around and hope to meet some people? Is that the kind of vibe in Doha? Uh, not really. I mean, you could go days without meeting. I, on the current setup, like,
1: just because we're spending so much time with journalists going to matches, you can actually go days without meeting a Qatari citizen, Like to be quite honest with you. Yeah. Now, there's only, there's not that many of them. Only 11% of the people here are actually citizens. But you can, I mean, look, I mean, the, the place is, is segregated. There was a couple of brilliant pieces written, one of on the Guardian, one of on the Athletic, um, where there is a, there's a fan park set up for the migrant workers way out way out of town yes. uh, where they are showing matches. So there's a couple of great pieces done there. And I know the there was a guy over here from the New Yorker who did a pretty good essay about his experience he went there and then was politely asked to leave by a, I think it was a security official kind of halfway through um but no it, like that kind of you know when you you know this idea of going off the beaten track and just meeting people that's slightly harder here I think it th- it just lacks that kind of spontaneity I think everything is rigidly organized and and quite rigidly um quite rigidly segregated in
0: a lot of ways Yes, yes, yes. That's an interesting perspective. Uh, Given that you're seeing these teams in the flesh, maybe on a couple of occasions, who has impressed you the most? Well, Brazil last night, I'd say that
1: first half, oh my word. That is as good as we've seen from Brazil in a long time. Mm. Now, South Korea were were almost patrons of the art. I mean, they were <laughs> they were waving people through, waving <laughs> Brazilian attackers through. But uh, Brazil have looked very impressive. I've been very impressed by France. They've hit a really lovely balance in that attack by converting Griezmann into an almost attack, like a deep deeper line forward or an attacking midfielder with Giroud and then with Mbappe. Mbappe's playing the right. The previous World Cup, but he's on the left now and has looked excellent. France actually can't afford too many more injuries. That's their biggest concern, I think. And I regret to inform you all that I have been quite impressed by England. Oh, they've, uh, I'm getting the they've feeling. Not, I'm getting the feeling. Really, I think it could be not, their year. <laughs> they've not really been tested so far, I have to say. Um, a couple, they've had a four mock exams before the real thing against France. But look, you know, England... Well, I was saying this to this someone before, like only a couple of days ago. England have so many great attackers. I don't think they have a real X-Factor superstar like Mbappe or Neymar. But, is like in two years' time we're we going to a look back and say, well, Jude yeah. Bellingham was that X-Factor player mm. and he proved it at the World Cup. Like, that is quite possible. Mm. Um, so I think Brazil, France and England look a cut above the rest. Um, Argentina, obviously, is the team that everyone really wants to win and I, uh, I I, don't mind me saying that I'm desperate for them to win as well. The, art, the atmosphere around their games has been amazing. Messi, has been amazing. I mean, just Joe, it's the first time I've ever seen him play in the flesh. And like, what? a! Honestly, I, I was listening with a lot of interest to your conversation on the Sunday paper review. And like on a rational level, I couldn't disagree with the idea that you're quite turned off by the fact that he's taking Saudi money. And the rational part of my brain tells me, yeah, I'm, I'm repulsed by that as well. But just watching him play sure. is just, like, oh, what an experience. Like, it's just, uh it's something I'm
0: very, very lucky to do. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Listen, we are just about out of time. Let's catch up before we're done out there. Gav, thanks a mil. Yeah. Cheers, Joe. Cheers. Gavin Cooney with us from the 42 who was uh, at the game Morocco through to, we presume now, quarterfinal against Portugal. I think it's uh, safe to say. Our football coverage is brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Football on off the ball.
1: With Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports.